Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron, and thank you guys for being here with me. So, uh, first of all, I have to say uh, thank you guys all for giving me um, a ton of support. Uh, I don't know if, you know, you guys, some of you have reached out to me and was like, hey, love the new style, love what you're doing with the show. That means a lot to me. Now, I'm not saying if you're listening to this, you don't need to reach out, but... um, you know, the uh, I read a great book a little while back called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and uh, that is literally the name of the book, and it's a really good book. Uh, it really kind of gives you a perspective on things and not sweat the small stuff and things like that, and uh, my happiness has gone up a lot. If I sound a little de-energized in the beginning and the end of the episode, not the episode, just like the opener and closer, uh, I haven't slept in like literally two days, so uh, bear with me, folks. But you you may or may not know that, but uh, yeah, it's it's a great book, and I love the fact that uh, I'm kind of slowly adopting more and more of that that mentality of like just don't sweat the small stuff. Really, that's that's literally what it comes down to, right? Um, you know, not everything in the world is going to crush you, and because of that, uh, don't give it the attention that it doesn't deserve. So there's a little fun fact for you guys, but. Uh, sorry that this episode is slightly delayed. Um, I just it's this week has been beyond crazy, like just totally beyond crazy. Uh, but now I'm here with you guys, and that is literally the only thing that matters to me. Um, so, and right now it's 9:38 in the morning, and top of the morning to you. Uh, and actually, in this episode, uh, I refer to my course, uh, HarrisonBaron.com. You can go in there and check out. This is kind of like a sponsorship, but I just want to let you guys know uh, where to find it. But HarrisonBaron.com. It's all about like how to make sales on LinkedIn, how to clean up your profile on LinkedIn, and all that kind of good stuff. If you're interested, go check it out. Uh, I do have a discount code right now for anyone that's interested. Feel free to use code FOUNDER. Right, I'm doing that till the end of October. Uh, that is 50% off for life. If you have any interest in it and anything like that, by all means, definitely, definitely, definitely go check it out. Uh, this is not. This is kind of like sponsorship because um, that income is going to help support the podcast and hopefully help finance some even cooler stuff uh for the show uh if you guys haven't already there's the youtube channel that is live now uh it is brutally honest podcast i'm still trying to fix fix figure out the camera um so uh not that you guys need to know this but the camera seems to cut it cuts out when it overheats 4k uses a lot of uh power so uh because of that um I might try shooting in 1080p and seeing what happens. Uh, I do love the 4K uh, because there I have seen um, a bunch of people watching on their TVs at home, which is cool. So I don't know yet. I got to figure that one out. But if you guys want, feel free to go check that out. Uh, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. You can find everything else out there. And that's it. That's that's literally it. Um, I Like I said, I'm keeping these things under five minutes. That's, that's, that's the goal here. Um, you know, time and time again. But in this, sh- this is a, a a very long overdue show. I think, if I recall correctly, Adam was uh, a guest of mine on episode eleven, if I remember correctly. So uh, here we are, two years later. I, th- I think it was like I think it's like literally two years later. I didn't. I wish I checked the date when I looked at uh, looked at it, but. Well, uh, very long overdue. He has an incredibly interesting business concept that I think is completely new, if not very new, to the business world. 
and uh, how he helps people and companies is very interesting. Regardless, he's he's one of my favorite people. Uh, we always have a good time. Uh, I've been seeing a lot more of him, which makes uh, my life better. And actually, Adam uh, was the first person to send me a referral for a uh, employee, so that's cool too. So unbelievably happy, um, you know that that happened. And and I just I, I really think that this episode is going to benefit you, if, even if you're not in the business world of how business people think. Uh, so without any further ado, please welcome my friend Adam Holter. That's it. We're live. Camera's recording. Audio's recording. This is a new experience still for me. I'm still <laughs> still working out the uh, the kinks and the twists and all that kind of stuff, but two and a half years in the making. And you've been on... God, I actually am curious. I want to look up the last time you were actually on the show. Because you were one of my early... I think you were episode... I want to say you were like right around episode like 25, if I remember. Do you remember? No, I have no idea where I did. I would be super impressed if you did. No, I, I want to say I was one of your first ten, to be honest. That early? Oh my god! You I, honestly might have been. Oh uh, god, dude, I'm at 120 episodes now, or something like that. 123. It's kind of absurd. I'm excited for you to still do your own introduction. I don't do it in the show anymore. I do it after the show now, because it was it was getting awkward. 123 episodes, yeah. Um, it was getting awkward when I'd be like, hey don't talk i do the intro and then they would start talking especially because video um honestly i probably could go back to it now and i hit record but then it's weird because the person i came to a point where people were just like i would have like four or five minutes of ads and and they would just be like okay when is this gonna start and then I'd be kind like, all right, we're live. Kind, and, of, kind of like right now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if we should like restart it. No. Like intro, like, welcome. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. This is, this is Adam. We're not in a He's closet <laughs> anymore. That's a big <laughs> step up. Um, I had like a, I've, I think I'm pretty sure I've talked about this a handful of times, but I had a super, super humbling moment the other day when I was looking at the old website for the podcast, because I, I, I rebuilt the website like 40 episodes ago, um, and in the, 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 the background of the website, the old website was the room, and I remember like my piss poor paint job that I did on that one wall, um, and like actually the picture of the room was like the updated picture, like the last, it was like the room before it was like air quotes done before I had left to come to here and it's just so cool because like I have so many great memories of that room and like it's like now it's like I look back at that and I'm like wow I've come a humbling distance further ahead than where I, I was I love how humble you try to make it sound, but it still sounds unhumble. Oh, yeah. To say, I mean, I'm so proud of how far I've come. Oh, yeah. Dude, two and a half years. Anybody, I'm a pretty, I try to be as humble as I can be, but goddamn, like, I worked, you guys are number 11. You're number 11. All right, I said top 10, first 10, so. Um, okay, that was a funny one. 
but it's just it like it's still like I knew when I started the started the podcast. I'm like I'm never stopping this. Like I better be dead, or I literally better not be anywhere. Or like I could just never get my hands on podcasting equipment because I'm gonna. I'm like I'm gonna do this forever. Like there's no doubt about it. There's no stopping me as far as like when I'm going to end this. And like there was like I took a month off because we were, it was like super hot in here. We're still getting the air conditioning on or installed and stuff like that. But other than that, I've literally been consistent now with like a weekly episode for the most part, with the exception of like every once in a while, I'd miss, I'd miss a week for two and a half years. Like that's crazy to me. Well, you uh, you had a mission, you set out on it, and you're still going. I wish I could do that with dieting because I'd be so skinny right now. <laughs> but podcasting awkward. is awkward, way more fun. Awkwardly skinny. Oh, yeah. Just like <laughs> I, I'm just eating healthy. You know, it's like, hey, just all you have to do is just – not eat cheeseburgers every day, but cheeseburgers, <laughs> dude. I had In and Out. I was in Texas, dude. In and Out is the shit. It's <laughs> so good. Meanwhile, I go to uh, Pennsylvania to go to Sesame Place with my wife and daughter, <laughs> and we're, we're looking for like a salad works or oh something my nearby. God. <laughs> we ended up settling for Burger King. Not uh, proud to say that, but we did go with the grilled chicken sandwiches. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, did you try the um the Impossible, Impossible I've had the Impossible Burger before, and it's actually very good. I've had it too. Here's I, refu- my thing. I refuse to have an Impossible Burger at Burger King, though. If I'm going to get a Whopper, I'm going to get a Whopper. Fair enough. <laughs> the one thing I don't understand, and actually I saw a meme about this, and it really made me think, and that's my favorite thing about memes, is why do vegans, if vegans love vegetables so much, <laughs> God bless you, why do they want all of their food to taste like meat? I don't think they're making that burger for the vegans. And if they are making the burger for the vegans, the vegans are probably still going somewhere else. <laughs> I just I, – well, no, that burger – but, like, the Impossible Burger itself, right? If you want a burger to taste like meat and you're a vegan, why are you going to eat a, a, a burger that tastes like meat? Yeah. Why, yeah. I'm a big veggie burger fan. I actually have – you know, if I go out to, you know, for dinner, and if I'm looking or feeling a burger, I'll say to them, hey, do you – do, you know, I'm feeling the burger. Do you guys make a homemade veggie burger? And if they're like, yeah, veggie burger is really good, I'll get it. If, okay. they're, if they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just like a frozen patty, I'll be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be telling me that. You should just tell me it's a homemade burger. <laughs> but <laughs> So you want somebody to lie to you is what you're saying? I'd, I'd rather them lie to me, yes. Really? If, when it comes to a veggie burger, I feel he- I feel healthier when I eat a veggie burger because it is healthier. It is healthier. But if I from the story I was telling you earlier with eating the meat and the cholesterol, if it's so good for your brain and everything else, then I'm – that person's just going to be mad at me for going going down a, a less lean option. Yeah. <sighs> Eating healthy is weird, man. Like, there's it, there's so much science on both sides. Like, you know, you could have an all-meat diet. You can have an all-vegetable diet. You can have a hybrid. You can have keto. You can have Atkins. Like, there's, there's so many ways out there to, like, quote-unquote, eat healthy. It's just crazy to me. And, and then everybody's an expert. And two and a half years later, I'm still eating cheeseburgers and I'm still podcasting. It's okay. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Keep podcasting. Keep podcasting and eating cheeseburgers. I'm honestly cool with whatever anybody wants to do as long as that they actually do it. Okay. Like, dude, if you if you are like, hey, I'm going to, this is a great loop back, but like, hey, if you're going to start this company, don't quit after six months. Don't, don't quit. If you're a quitter... Not only am I never going to do business with you, no matter what company you end up starting until I see it be outrageously successful, but it just tells me so much about your personality 
that like, like for example, podcasting, right? The amount of people that were like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. They actually went out and started a podcast and then stopped three months later. It's like astronomical. It's amazing, yeah. It's crazy. And this is like the easiest business to have, if you consider it a business. <laughs> like, it takes zero hard work to make a good podcast. Just talented editing and good per- people skills. That's it. That's it. Most people don't even, some people just have them talking into a mic, and other people have like a Skype call. It's literally the easiest business to have. Is it the most profitable? Absolutely not. But <laughs> you could easily make them outrageously profitable if you don't do what I did which is my podcast or just whoever I want to have on. Where if I just made it like a business-only podcast or a finance-only podcast or this, that, and the other thing, my podcast would have been, would be a hundred times more successful. And if I figured out YouTube prior to two or three weeks ago, my podcast would be so much more successful. But for me, I'm very much so in love with the journey, right? I could make millions of dollars on the podcast and I would still be just as excited to sit down on every show because it's what I love. Well, I'm I'm glad that you do it the way that you do it because I probably wouldn't be on your podcast then. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It's truth. It's truth. You, uh, I don't know. So you're on a new. Speaking of businesses, you're on a new business venture. Tell me about it. And Kevin's Kevin just texted me by the way. Nice. Kevin's a mutual friend of Adam's. Actually, that's a good testimonial for you. As being a connector. Sh- should I? Should I? Te- yeah. So go through your process and then go through your side of it and then I'll go through my side of it. Okay. This is like a great audio bite for you to use at a later date. So I've always been very passionate about just connecting people, finding synergies, finding things that people have in common uh, for them to get along, get together. And, you know, it's always been kind of like the superpower that I never knew I had, but I've always had it. And I've always been aware of having it, but I never knew how to use it for good aside from just helping. Sure. So always been a connector, really started connecting people in the business world about eight years ago when I owned my first company. You know, found a way to help my clients by connecting them with synergies that would help their business. You know, it was included in the services that I was in, I was providing for them. Sure. And it got to the point where you know, people would just come to me. People would just come to me and say, Adam, you know, I'm looking for this, or I need to meet someone that does that, or I really want to, you know, get into this industry, but I don't know how to break through. What do I do? And you know, my background in marketing and advertising, and I want to make this very clear. I was never an implementer with any of the marketing or advertising that I did in my previous life. I was strictly business development. Mm-hmm. I very much and extremely passionate about developing business opportunities for a business. The reason that I came up with Connections for Hire is because I'm so passionate about connecting businesses and connecting professionals. I just never really knew how to monetize it. Sure. I didn't want to do something that was you know, a commission basis because I didn't want to be looked at as an outside salesman. I didn't want someone to say, oh, well, you're only recommending this company because they're paying you a commission. I really wanted to just recommend and represent a company that did great work, had a good reputation, and was going to do the right thing by who I'm introducing them to. You know, so many people in the sales world, so many people in just in the business world, they, they don't think about the ripples of what an introduction or something can happen. You know, you've introduced me to many different people and, you know, I, I built a great relationship, you know, Ralph, for example, sure. you know, Ralph and I, we've never done business Ralph together. Uh, advanced. Yeah. 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 Ralph is a great guy. You I actually know. just called me all day. He didn't answer. 
<laughs> but you know, you think of you know, you think of Ralph, you think of Justin, you think of you know all these other people that you've introduced me to. Business hasn't necessarily come out of them, but if that's the expectation I have, then I'd be disappointed. Sure. The expectation that I've always had with meeting anybody that you've introduced me to is strictly expanding my network and adding more value however I could. You know, Little did I know that I was going to be starting up my own business where I'm going to be connecting professionals to help them increase their business size and to grow their business, business development. Sure. You know, it's really just been taking pride in the relationships that I've been building over the past eight years or so, if not more. Sure. No, look, I agree. I agree a hundred and ten percent on that. The we we spoke about it last time we had a meeting, and the moment you set your expectations to be, if I give something, I have to get something. You've lost. Yeah. You've lost that battle because there's no. Almost nobody is ever going to deliver the value that you expect back from doing anything, right? Unless it's, you know, hey, you know, you paid for this. This is what you get. With, that, with the exception of that, especially in human connections, the moment people think that they deserve something for making a recommendation or making a connection is when they've lost. Does the other person feel like they might need to reciprocate in some way or another? Maybe. But you still can't even put the idea of maybe in your head because you've still set some level of expectation. And when the moment that happens, you're always going to be let down because no matter what they reciprocate with, even if it's better than what you thought, it's not what you thought it is. So you're still losing. It's funny that you say this. So the the post that I did a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn about giving to give and not giving to get, um, that was from Russ von Frank. Um, Russ, who's a very good friend of mine, you know, he shared this quote with me that came from his grandfather. I'm not going to say it verbatim right now, but I am going to say that the quote was, if you give to get, you're lending. And if you give for the sake of giving, it's a gift. And I've always given for the sake of giving. I've never once in my career taken a handout, a finder's fee, a commission. You know, if anyone's ever offered me anything, I've either said donated to a charity or I've said just refer me business. Sure. And, and that's been it. And what I find about this business model that I have now, Connections for Hire, is that so many people, you know, like I meet a lot of people. <laughs> sure. I, well, I believe more, of, more now than ever. A lot of networking, just a lot of um, continuing to build relationships. I call that continued education. Sure. Because, you know, the education is building a relationship to start and then the afterwards is sure. keeping it going. And I find that a lot of the continued business that I, d that I develop, those relationships are significantly different than the a new introduction that I meet or someone new. For example, with my business model, you know, my clients pay me a retainer and then we do have a success fee built in. Mm -hmm. But I have so many people that say to me, you know, Adam, if you're so good at what you do, if you're so good at connecting people, why don't I just pay you a commission or why don't I just pay you a finder's fee? And my direct answer to them, and I got this from my mentor, Gary Anzalone, you know, mm -hmm. Gary made it very clear. You know, Gary can do all the back-end work. I could do all the back-end work. We can get you the meeting. We can get you in front of the right people. We can, you know, set it up right on the tee for you. Sure. But that means we did our job. That's business development. We sure. developed the opportunity. We got you the, the meeting or whatever you want to call it. And from there, you know, we're not controlling your prices. We're not controlling your pitch. We're not sure. controlling your proposal. So we can't guarantee the sale. So now if, if you're just going to pay me commission-based, you know, off of whatever you close – that doesn't sound intriguing to me at all unless you're a rock star salesman and you're literally closing every single deal that's in front of you mm -hmm. and your price is on point and your proposal is on point, your presentation is on point. 
like then you know what absolutely i want to sit down with that person i would be happy to shake their hand sure and to have a commission agreement or something like that but in business development that's so different than sales and people don't understand the difference between business development and sales developing the relationship i think that Anybody that takes on or signs a contract for business development with a company, they should have at least a minimum of a two-year contract. And the reason I say that is you think about all the people that are salesmen. You know, They have quotas. They have to meet numbers. I, I get it. That's extremely important. You, you need to have quotas. You need to have goals. But if you're not meeting those goals, if you're not meeting those quotas, you, should, you shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't have that job at least. In business development, you're developing a relationship for business to come from it. That could take six months. It could take a year. It could take two years. Think about all the people that are hired for business development that do not successfully meet their quotas or their numbers because they're being paid like a salesman. Sure. And then it gets to the point where they're sitting in their boss's office a year later. They're looking at the numbers, and the numbers obviously don't add up to make sense. And then what happens? They get fired because they didn't meet their quota. They should have been hired as business development, not as sales. Mm -hmm. So... I think expectations are very big. You know, I, I've always been, you know, my, my wife, uh, Laura, will laugh about this, but, you know, I set expectations in my house and, I, and I, don't, I don't do it to be a jerk and I don't do it to, you know, treat it like a business environment. But if our expectations are unclear, you know, we're going to be on two different pages. and All the time. It's, it's not going to go the well. Time. And, then, and then on top of that, you can't even, you know, it, it kind of goes with a, lot, with a lot of what I kind of say where, you know, you have to define goals, right? So we're talking about my online course. And uh, the second part of my online course is going to be um, is goal setting. So actually, by the time this gets released, the course will be available. But, you know, I've had a couple of people like, why are you putting goal setting in your course? I'm like, well, we can't do, you know, if I lose a pound tomorrow, yeah, I lost weight. A pound on my body is nothing. My lunch weighs a pound most of the time. So, you know, you have to figure out what success, you know, I'm, I'm a very big proponent in defining success. What does success look like? You know, me, being able to say, you know, it's kind of goes along with those expectations, right? You know, these are my expectations. Well, did you, did you fall below my expectations? Did you meet my expectations or did you exceed my expectations? That's how everything is, you know, even though, you know, you don't want to sound like you're running your house, you know, like a military base, but in order for you to go through with everything, you have to say, you know, hey, this is what I want. This is what, you know, we have to be on the same page. Goals. What are your goals? Maybe your goals are, are, are this much and other people's are this much. Well, it's going to be a lot harder to reach this many goals as opposed to this many goals, right? If your goal is to make your bed tomorrow morning, that's pretty goddamn easy. For the record, as you say that, everybody should make their bed at the start of the day, and that's not me saying it. That's I believe the mil military teaches that. The military, that. I forget who said that. It's it's a, a Navy SEAL guy, I think. If you t if you make your bed at the start of the day, no matter how bad your day is, when you go back home later, you know, hopefully you go back home later, your bed's made, and you at least know that you did one successful thing for the day. Yeah, Navy SEAL Admiral. Make your bed every morning. Um, I don't make my bed every morning. I try to, but my wife and daughter are usually still sleeping in my bed when <sighs> I when I leave the house in the morning. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Everybody and their mother that knows me knows that I'm not a morning I person. Ha I had a, you, you'll appreciate this. Uh, if if Robbie's going to watch this podcast, he'll he'll know it was him that the meeting was with. I met met a gentleman the other day at. Uh, I'm I'm very involved in Leukemia Lymphoma Society, mm -hmm. um, LLS. Um, I got involved. I'm actually on the committee for Man and Woman of the Year. And I met this gentleman, Robbie, who's also in, in the committee with me. And, you know, we were having a conversation, and, you know, it was via text message. 
and Robbie's like, what are you doing Friday? And I said, I have limited availability. And I said, I could do 6.30. And he said, 6.30 p.m. And I said, no, 6.30 a.m. And I wish I could have seen his face when I said this because I could imagine his face like 6.30 p.m. on a Friday. Like, are you crazy? Well, no, I meant 6.30 a.m. on a Friday and I'm not crazy. So when I told him that I'm all business, Uh he's like, I'll see you there. So I had my first meeting at 6.30 a.m. this past Friday. I was up at 5.30. I mean, look, I've been there. I've had meetings that early. Brian Karp. Holds the title for the earliest podcast. I forget who holds the title for the latest podcast at night, but Brian Carp, we started our podcast at like just after 5 a.m. That's awesome. Like, I think we got here at 5. We started recording at like 5, 10, 5, 15. You want to talk about a hustler? He's actually helping one of my friends sell his house right now. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about him other than seeing his face everywhere. 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 On top of seeing his face everywhere, I see his, his car with his face. Sure. But, you know, you talk about branding. You know, you talk about what Barra Media Group does. You talk about branding, getting sure. people's names out there, things like that. You know, that's someone that's crushing it on their brand. Like it, or, like him or not, Donald Trump. That dude's, that dude's name is on everything. We're not going to get into this. No, we don't have to get into politics. But, but I'm just it's, saying, it's, yeah. the master. I don't care if you like the dude or you don't like the dude. The master at self-branding. So if Brian's listening to this, we just compared him to to trump for their branding being they're on point with their branding well you know what's unique look at ty lopez ty lopez another one tony robbins another one but i gotta give it to the guy i gotta give it down trump when you put your name on a gigantic hundred story building you won (laughs) like that is like (laughs) dude that's everybody's dream put your name on the most biggest building that everybody gets to see i don't care who you are or what you like that is the best branding you could ever do and then they give you a dundee Award. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Like I said, I don't care if you like the guy. I don't care if you don't like the guy. That dude is the best at branding. Probably followed by Tony Robbins. As personal branding, I should say. Okay. That's it. That's just my my. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with any of that because I don't I don't know the correct answers, but I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you that the guy brands himself because he. Puts Who's got name... a more famous name with their name on every single thing they do? The Hiltons. Yeah. They're probably up there. <laughs> but that's just one I can think of off the top of my but head. You think, and I'm not proud of saying sure, that either. But here's the thing, though. When you say Hilton's, you think of only hotels. You're correct. When you think of Trump, you think of the man. You're correct. It's a personal brand. It's not the business brand. And even before presidency, it was still the same case. That's just that, that's the way I look at it. I would have loved people to have had like a before Trump as president interview. Like with what their thoughts on Trump, just as a brand. Oh, versus the after. I'm sure it's out but, there. But you did make a comment just now saying we're not going to go down the politics. No, right we're now. not. So I'd love to change topics right now. We will. We will. Branding. Branding. C4H. By the way, I was actually checking. C4H is not for sale. It is not for sale. It's C4H. actually a C4H is actually a car for holidays. Car for holidays, which is going to go out of business eventually because if you look at their website, they <laughs> it's need, terrible. They need help, but. When the brand becomes available, I will purchase it. Uh, I was I was like, oh my god, this would be a great domain name for Adam C four H dot com. I came up with uh, connections for hire because when I was telling everybody about my business concept and the idea, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, so you're going to be a gun for hire? And I'm like, well, not really. You know, like a gun for hire. You know, I think of a sharpshooter. I think of somebody that's laser focused. Sure. And I'm like, you know what? You know that that's not a bad like bad like I guess uh, metaphor to 
to be said, analogy, a gun for hire. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? No, I'm like, I'm connections for hire. Like I have all these connections. I have all these great business professionals, you know, not even business professionals only, just anyone in general. Like I've just, I've taken such pride in building relationships professionally, personally, whatever it is. And I'm very, you know, I'm proud of the X amount of thousand contacts I have my phone that I honestly, this is actually something really cool, Harris. And I think that uh, I don't know if you do this or if you try to do this. I don't mean this in a sexual way, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying it like that's that. A, that's a good prelude to this, this prelude. next comment. Uh, I do not mean this in a sexual way, but touches. I do about 450 touches a day. Yeah. I'm straight up serious. I send it's about the cameras here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do about anywhere from 150 to 200 text message touches a day. Wow, that's that's a that, lot. That's texting. If I think of somebody. I either write them down on a list or I take my phone out right then and there and I send them a text. You should look at – would you ever consider sending mass text messages out? I hate people that, that do that, so like probably Avac- Avac- Avacho or something like that? Um, you know what? All my te- text messages are very personalized and they're okay. very – I don't just send out – I don't just copy and paste, copy and paste. Like I sent out a text this morning to my buddy Brian and I was like, hey, Brian, I was like, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. I hope all's going well with the family and business. Mm-hmm. Simple text. You know, I texted someone else after that. You know, Tim Francis. Remember Tim? Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Tim has a great job now with the town. You know, he's a good good dude. I, I reached out to Tim a couple months ago just to say hello. I ended up telling him I had a poison ivy problem in my backyard now that he works for the town. Didn't go anywhere. But he helped, <laughs> he helped me to the best of his ability. But what I'm saying is because I touched him, that sounds bad, but because I touched him and sure. reached out to him to say hello – you know, when I started the business up, he touched me back and he said, hey, man, congratulations on starting the business. You know, I'd love to hear about it, things like that. The 450 touches I do a day, and I don't keep track of them. I just, I, I actually. Yeah, I, between I, phone calls, emails, text messages, it's a lot. Everything, man. It's just, you know what? If you think of somebody and you keep them in the top of your mind, you got to let them know because if you don't let them know, they're not going to know. How, how else are they going to, uh, you know, keep you in the top of their mind? Sure. But it needs to be authentic. Um, two of the words that I use that I got from one of my business coaches is uh, the words genuine and authentic. If you're not doing it out of genuineness, if you're not doing it authentic, you know, being real, then you're. it's not going to help you at all. Yeah. No, I agree. I Dude, I preach that all the time. All the time. I go, dude, if you're just going out there to make sales and stuff like that, you'll kill it for a short period of time. But you're going to crumble so hard later on down the road. You know, because you're going to sell something you don't believe in. You know, there's a lot of companies I could have worked for before I started my business. And I didn't work for a lot of them because I didn't believe 100% wholeheartedly in what they were doing. It's amazing how, listen, you know, I I know most people listening to this podcast right now, they can be either business owners, they could be employees, they could be whatever they are. But it gets to a point where if you don't believe in what you're selling or if you don't believe in what you're representing – you're you're not being true to yourself. You're you're going to be living a lie. You're going to resent it. You're going to have bad feelings, and you, you never you never want to do that yourself. You never want to do that to a business. Wow, you're playing with the sound. It sounds good. Uh, yeah, just yeah. My voice sounds so much sexier. Oh yeah. In these headphones and microphone, than when I'm singing in the shower. <laughs> you don't. Because you don't warm up your vocal cords in the shower in, in the morning. <laughs> you gotta you gotta warm those things up. But yeah, I just I turn the midtones up on you. I'm still. I'm still messing around with this thing. I think it sounds nice. Keep keep messing around. Keep yeah. Just, keep touching. We could do a little pan left and right, but I don't want to freak anybody out that's listening on the in their car or anything like that. That'd be. Interesting. Is this live right now? No, but they will be. I can't oh. edit that out later. I was gonna say. I'm like, ah, oh, not not that I. Because 
Uh, here, I'll do I'll do a quick little pan to, pan to the left and then pan to the right. Whoa. Right? Freaky. Don't do that again. Yeah. I just got nauseous. Dude, so <laughs> so when I first Vertigo. when I first got this setup, I've told the story so many times, so sorry people that are listening. But I didn't know how any of this stuff worked at all. So the pan was all the way to the left, so you could only hear it out of your left ear. And in the middle of the show, because I'm sitting there like tweaking around with all the buttons, and I'm like, how do I do all this? All of a sudden, I turn the pan to like, uh, I think to the other way or straight up, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh my god, we can hear it in both ears. Like, I had just discovered fire. It was hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. I would love to know what episode number that was. In the way it was on the old show. You don't I'm, need to tell me right now, but I'd, oh. love, I'd love to watch or at least listen to that scene because that would be... Don't, don't do it right now. I'm, n- I'm not. I'm going to actually see if it's still alive. I don't know if I paid for the website forever. You should just you should wait until we're done to do this. All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm all excited now. <laughs> I know you are. Um, Fire! Sounding left ears and right ears. Oh, my ah. God. I, I hope I can find that episode. I really do. That was the dude. That was my old show. That was two hours long. Those shows, some of them were so two hours. Let's let's talk about let's talk about your business a little bit. All right. And the new venture that you're getting into with your coaching and training, because so I, I come from the marketing background. Sure. Might not be an implementer, but I'm very familiar with you know the different strategies and things that were done. You know, that's mm-hmm. my background is in strategy for that, and. You know, I'm, I've been branding myself. I've been putting my own brand out there. My uh, good friend Rob helped me out with getting some things started. Sure. You know, I, I wouldn't be here today, honestly, with you know my online presence and some different things from that. Also, with some of the help that you've been giving me, it's been great. Sure. But now we talk about LinkedIn, and you know, I'm doing my own representation. You know, I'm making my videos, and you know, I have Harrison telling me, "Oh, you got how to hold the camera up higher. You can't hold it down here. You got to have it more of an area." Yeah, it's got to be eye level for anyone that's doing selfies and stuff like that. Eye level or higher. Don't ever go down low. The way that you have your business card wall, yeah. I'm going to have a selfie wall. No joke, and, I, and you know this about me. Uh-huh. I take probably like, if I meet with, let's say, five to eight people a day, I'm yeah. doing five to eight selfies a day. Sure. At the end of the year, I'm ha- I have 1,500 selfies that I'm they taking make with business professionals. Wall. You yeah. can literally, I forget, oh, there's a company, I saw it, but they literally print them out like the size of your business card, like two by twos, and you could literally print out all your selfies, and you could literally make a wall out of it. And sometimes they even form them to make pictures. So, like, the whole wall, each individual selfie, based on the colors and things like that, I've seen it before, will put the – like, their pixels and put the pixels, you know, selfies yeah, in the you. right spot. It's pretty impressive. I, right, so, I could not remember for the life of me what so it is. So, I think what I need to do for connections for hire is, is that I think I need to get all my connections, all my, all my selfies. Sure. I think I need to make a logo in the back of my wall. Out of them. Out of them. But – they all, but it says connections for high or C4H. Sure. I think that'd be really cool. You just gave me a great idea. I You're have welcome. no idea how to even begin that journey or Neither the, do I. The cost. Dude, I got to write a book by next year. All right. Literally, <laughs> December, uh, Diane Johnston, an earlier podcast from just a handful of episodes ago, we, we actually made the agreement on the, on the podcast. So, like, it's, it's there now. And it's real. It's real. And in December of 2020, um, is it December of 2020? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong week. That's why. Uh, December 31st at 8 a.m., I have a reminder. We agreed on the podcast to finish the books by then. Boom. With her, and she already accepted. So I have to write a book by next year. (laughs) On top of all the other 
stuff that I do. Well, so that leading back into it. So now, Harrison, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing my posts. Sure. You know, I'm posting about, you know, Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Sure. I'm making videos about why I got involved. You know, a lot of what I say is not, you know, it's not what you do. It's why you do what you do. Sure. And, you know, I'm making these videos. I'm sharing cool content. I actually have a fun video I got to show you that I haven't showed you yet. Sure. But I'm doing everything on my own. And, you know, it's not that I don't want to hire somebody. It's I just don't, I, you know... I'm getting good traction. You know, one of my one of my posts recently got a little over six thousand views. I had about 150 comments on it, tons oh of God. likes and engagements. Sure. But like, I have no idea what to do with that. Uh we gotta talk. Dude, <laughs> Dude. We gotta talk. You gotta go through my course, honestly. I gotta take your like, course. Yeah. I'll take your course. Um, do you have somebody? Did you have the first signee signee yet? Uh, th- not officially. Because right, it's I not had, official until you get the check in your I hand. had I had John buy it. I gave him a, uh, you know, more so that I could test it to make sure like the money was going to go through correctly, and uh, I gave him, I, I made it so it was a dollar, and then I gave him my credit card to use. So technically, <laughs> I bought my own course for a dollar. Well, if anyone's going to buy it before me, I think that's a good, that's yeah. A good person so, to buy. Um, tell me about your course. Tell me what it is, though, so I understand better. All right. So uh, I hit a, I hit a problem in my business. Uh, the problem businesses, in my opinion, are most of the time started out of problems, right? It's they're Built businesses are started to solve a problem. So my problem in my business was people were asking me for coaching, and then either the coaching was too much money, or we couldn't meet in you know at the right times, or so, there was always something, something happening. Right? It didn't matter what it was. It was either you know a scheduling conflict. There wasn't the right finances. Hey, uh, this Monday I have to go to the city. We can't have a meeting then. We got to push it to Tuesday. Well, Tuesday doesn't work. How about th- Wednesday? No. Thursday, no. Friday, no. Like that was the date I had date and time we had scheduled. Like that's when, when it was when it was supposed to be. So I was getting a lot of really successful coaching sessions and crazy good results from people, but scheduling and the whole timing thing and all that kind of stuff was getting out of control. Like I'm like, okay, well, can I book up the rest of my week? Because if not, I have an obligation to meet with this person because they've already paid me for the month or whatever it is. So I said, you know what? There's got to be an easier way to do this. Let me figure this out. And the, and that easier way was I need to build a course. So actually a previous podcast guest of mine, this guy, Dan Ryan, um, he came in the office one day and I was like, oh, you know, I've really always wanted to build a course. I just, I don't have the time, energy and effort right now to dedicate towards building this course. And the pain, right? The pain became enough in my business that I'm like, I'm losing out on potential money that I could be making. Because the money's really good, but it's not allowing me to further my business. It's I have to stop working on my business to go do that, and then I have to come back and driving and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, how do I do this where I can service a lot of people, make really good content? It's all uniform now, and now it's all structured, and it's you know it's not tailored per person, but it's for everyone um, as far as like business and sales go. So I've literally been building this course now for like two to three months. The course is now built. The website is like 99% done. By the time this airs, it will be done. And if anybody wants to go check it out, it is harrisonbaron.com. Totally shameless plug. But that's why I built this course because it was just getting out of control. I, I could not do any more coaching. I can't take on any more coaching clients. I'm trying to remember what people did and take notes and then look at my notes before I go to the meetings. And it was just, it was just nuts. It was absolutely nuts. I'm hearing what you're saying, and I want to coach you. Oh, yeah? On what you're saying. Why? (laughs) You could always take on more coaching clients. Well, now I can. Well, now, yes, now you can. But I'm saying, like, you know, first off, one of the things that you said, and and I I know that you you didn't mean it like this, but 
when you're passionate about what you do, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the marketing and advertising that you do, when you're passionate about what you do, sure. the money's going to come. Oh, of and, course. And, you know, you, 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 you know, building the business around the money, obviously, you need to be thinking about that. You know, when I wrote my business plan, you know, it's like, I, you know, I had to write down competition and I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's competition in what I do, yeah, but like really. maybe, maybe there is like, I have to think differently. You know, my network is my competition is if someone else have my network, then I'm, you know, it's my competition, but it's not, it's not what I have. It's how it, I, I do what I do. Sure. But now for you, I think that the value that you add and the experience that you have, and I understand, you know, listen, we're both young professionals. I'm, I'm 32. I think you're 27. 27. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, being young professionals, being eager, being driven, uh, you know, my in my previous role, my title was uh, the premier go-getter, mm-hmm. which I love that title because, sure. you know, like I genuinely took passion in being that go-getter, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I think for your business, once people see the value of what you're delivering with this, with this new coaching model. Sure. It, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna get people that are like, I'm all in, mm-hmm. or I'm or I'm out. You can't be half in. Yeah. Someone's, they need to really take that plunge. It's like what you said before, when you start up a business or you're making a transition, you're trying something new, whether it's a podcast. If you're gonna try it for three months and then quit, no, you got You have to have the end in mind. Yeah. Uh, my a, a good role model and friend and my co-chair for hype, his name is Greg Pajak. And Greg always says, you know, he just posted recently on one of my social media posts. He said that he was teaching his son a valuable lesson. You know, I said, what valuable lesson did you teach recently? And his was, I taught my son to plan with the end in mind. Sure. And his son's only seven years old. Sure. But a seven-year-old that's planning with the end in mind, that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. It's crazy value. So what's your end in mind for this coaching? So my end in, I I mean, I guess... I look at money as a tool, right? Money allows me to do different things. So my end, my, you know, some of, some of my end goals, um, and I'm not sure if I've announced these on the on the show before, but is to ultimately take all the money I earn and then reinvest it into different other or different things. So one of them is I'd love to have a beautiful real estate uh, portfolio, right? I'd love to own a couple dozen houses where they're all cutting me, uh, as Brian Carp would say, mailbox money checks, right? Every you know first of the month, boom, I'm getting I'm getting checks in the mail and I'm cashing them every you know every every month. Uh, the other thing that I would like to do is I do love traveling. I'm sure you've probably figured that out. I love. You know, I just did a four-day road trip. By the time this airs, it'll be like a week or two uh, prior to this. But I just did a four-day drive to Austin. I worked the whole way. Uh, part of the reason why I do this is to prove that I can work anywhere in the world. Um, you know, on just, my business. Just don't call you at seven a.m. Texas time. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. Oh, you, did you do that? Yeah. I, yeah. Ca- I called you. It was. Uh, it was. Yeah. I was se- still in bed. I think it was six a.m. Texas time. Yes. Seven a.m. New York time. Yes. And I was my hustle was at a ten right there. Yeah, and I, I called so you, bad. and I'm like, "This guy is sleeping six a.m. in Texas." And I, yeah, and I just, I had literally just that was like the first day I finally like got accustomed to like the time zone change, and then even though it's up. only an hour, but like, it was so weird because you just have to plan on like everything in New York happens one hour before everything there, and then it like <laughs> if, if you're doing business in California, everything happens two hours after. You know, in New York, it's three hours after. So the time zone shift was weird. And I think it was like the first full day we were in Texas. So I was still learning the time zone. Um, but one of my other goals, and, and I think we, we I, I know I had mentioned it before the podcast, is I would love to do, if I could figure out, I shouldn't say if I could figure it out, I will figure it out, um, how to finance my life or how to make enough money that I can work remotely, build a strong enough team that I don't need to run the business anymore and 
have a course that's bringing me great money where I could work a couple days on the road here and there. Um, I would love to do a 50 week trip one week in every state in the country one for the course of one year. That'd be sick. Like, and I'd plan it out to just, you know, hit like the Northern States in the summer months and then hit the Southern States in like the winter months and then end up wherever I decide to live. It's a great idea. Yeah. So it's definitely doable. And honestly, you know, if I do this, I'll, I'll try to get some sponsors and stuff like that. I'd love for like Airbnb to be a sponsor, but everybody thinks one of my other goals, and this is not for monetary value or reasons, but people think that traveling is so expensive and it's literally so cheap that they have no idea. Like if you can afford gas and, you know, maybe 60 bucks or $70 a day, you can go just about anywhere in the country. So, all right. I, I want I want to agree with you. Where? And, and Where not, can't you go? I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. If you're, if you're, and I'm not saying a single, I'm not saying that because it's because you're single, uh. but I'll tell you, I just went to Sesame with my wife and oh, daughter. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, and, you got to uh, do it alone or with a significant other and that's it. No yeah. kids. Kids, <laughs> kids are the wrecking ball of travel. Like, if you built a travel empire, you might as well just strap a kid inside a wrecking ball and demolish that building because that can't happen. It'd be I, impossible. I, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree or, or I'm not going to agree or disagree. I, I will say it depends on what you're doing and where you're doing it. Yes. My, my wife is wonderful, especially, you know, with starting a business up and everything like that. You know, obviously, you know, funds are funds. Sure. And, you know, my wife is very supportive. You know, she's great with that. When we went to Sesame, you know, we bought we bought whatever Where we had. Where is Sesame? Sesame's in uh, Langhorne, Pennsylvania. I was going to say, I thought it was in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's a great spot to uh, to go with kids. I actually, I, I don't mind going. Sesame Place? It's Sesame Place, yeah. A lot of, you know, like I talk to the dads when I'm there. Mm-hmm. And I got to network a little bit. Dad life. <laughs> and I'm like, and I say to them, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I actually really don't, like, I like the ones that say, oh man, I hate coming here. Because like my honest answer is, you know what? I actually enjoy coming here. And sure. I don't enjoy coming here for me. Like, you know, I'm not going, I, I know sure. I'm not going to a concert for me. It's something I would enjoy. But what I enjoy is, you know, seeing the look on my daughter's face sure. when she's seeing the, you know, the characters, the monsters and, you know, walking around things well, like of that. Of course. You know, that's why. But yeah, man, a pretzel's like thirty dollars no no not there no pretzels like six bucks a t- turkey legs 13 bucks which isn't isn't bad no it's not terribly but pricey. um no i mean traveling i mean it depends on where you're going i guess a lot of it's so a lot of it's where you're traveling where you're going and a lot of it is how much planning you're willing to put into it and like do you know where to look right so when we stayed in we stayed in uh lynchburg tennessee no no that'd be a great place to stay though uh we stayed in um just outside of lynchburg tennessee because we went to the jack daniels distillery the airbnb for the night i think was all said and done 65 or 75 dollars two guys two full beds danish coffee snacks in the morning danish coffee or danish and coffee danish and coffee what kind of Danish? There was like a Danish comma coffee. Uh, I don't know. They had like a whole, they had like, like a, a strawberry cheese Danish, cheese Danish, Danish and an apple Danish. Um, super nice. And and I balled out on that place because I'm like, I don't want to sleep in the same bed as you because uh, I was with another guy. And like, I don't really care. But um, I was just like, I just really want to sleep in my own bed. Like we drove for 16 hours the day before. But like, if you have friends and you have a decent network, you could if like to couch surf for a day or two is really not that bad. It's, that's free stay. You can find pretty nice places on Airbnb for like forty to fifty dollars a night. 
like really nice places. Like we almost got a whole house for forty bucks for the night. So it's so funny listening to you talk about this because it's like I aspire to be able to spend as much fucking money, and that's my first curse word on this podcast. Sure, I don't care. Uh, I want to find the five thousand dollar night places. I want to find the, you know, the. I'm just saying that because sure. I want to be able to. <laughs> not, that, I, not that I necessarily want to. I just want to be able to. Yes. I'm. You want to stay at a place with Trump or Hilton written on the top? No, not even that. I love <laughs> Airbnb is my favorite thing in the world because you can. I love meeting people, right? Yeah. The lady we met, I think her name was Jenny in Lynchburg, was so nice. Like the guy I met in Houston who we stayed with, who was. Airbnb was terrible, was so nice. Like, he was so nice. He was he was strange. But, like, the good and the bad equal amazing stories, in my opinion, right? So, like, you know, we stayed with another set of – we stayed with Asian people when we were in, when, in Austin. And they were, like, the nicest people. Like, and they were super clean and they were so friendly and, like, they were beyond willing to help. Like, just really nice people. My interactions – have always been very positive whenever I stay in these Airbnbs. And like when I tell people how much money I spent to get there, 90% of it was on like touristy stuff, whether it was like going out to eat at like a nicer than nicer than rest, nicer restaurant than I normally would have went to or, you know, indulging in, in alcohol. But like if you wanted a ball on a budget, I could have gone to Texas with meals included and everything and a flight home for like $300 over eight days. Yeah. That's crazy. Find me a better trip. It's $40 a day. Literally. You know, maybe 50 bucks. You a took day. your car? No, he took my buddy's car. Nice. He drove a Tesla. You saved the miles. So, ah, what kind of Tesla? Uh, He drove a Model 3. Okay. Sick car. Highly recommend. How did it work for you guys with charging stations and stuff? Was it's that a pain, pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we went into Oh, like, look, a gas station. We can't stop there. Oh, yeah, the gas station. We almost ran oh. out of juice once. In Baton Rouge, and it was like 105 degrees that day. How do you what, you just find Tesla st- charging stations? So you put it in the GPS. It'll re- it'll route you to um, it'll route you around them. So like if you're, let's say you know we went to, we went to North Carolina. You put in your location inside their GPS. You, that's the catch. You have to use their GPS, um, which is fine. But it'll tell you, hey, you need to stop here. Like you have to stop there, or you're not making it to the next one. And the craziest part is, like, they have it down to a science where the car knows, hey, it's a pulling up to a, a supercharging station. It'll, like, what they call condition the battery, where it moves the fluid around or whatever it does. Like, it's very smart. You plug it in, it'll say, hey, you need to be here for, like, 23 minutes, or you need to be here for 45 minutes, or you need to be here for 17 minutes. And after those 17 minutes, you're good to go. And it'll tell you how much you're going to end up based on your previous driving record of how much juice you're going to have by the time you get to the next location. Okay. I'm glad you were talking about this. I have to know. Someone else's car is there. They're charging their car. Yeah. There's no other station to charge. There's 10 charging stations. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. If every single one was full, which we one never would, saw. One would get up sooner than later. They only charge for an hour. At most two. So one of them is bound to be leaving by the time you get there. The most we ever saw was like five or six cars on a 10 charging. So 10 how many miles did you guys do round trip? 2,600 miles there, and I flew home. So 2,600 miles there. there. So let's say the av- let's say you're averaging 26 miles to a gallon. The average car, I would it's say, it's about the quarter of the price of gas. So that's 100 gallons. That's 100 gallons. Yeah. You know, 2,600 miles is about 100 gallons. Mm-hmm. 20, 26 miles to a gallon. Each gallon's getting you, let's say, two dollars and fifty cents. That's regular gas. Yeah. New York dollars for now. 
so 100 gallons, so 200, so two dollars, and so that would be, wow, well, I, I gotta do math. It would have cost the Jew and me is coming out now. I got it would have cost us about like 300 and something dollars in gas. Okay. For the whole trip. It but instead, it costs you zero dollars in gas because you don't pay for a charging. We station, don't pay. Right? For, you do. So the new Teslas, you have to. You don't get a uh, supercharging package in there where they give you free supercharging. In the older Teslas, like the Model S, when it came out, like I think after 2016, they stopped or 2017. Now you have to pay, but it's super cheap. So to fill up your car to go like 200 miles is like five bucks. <laughs> okay. So it, it the whole trip costs us I think between 60 and 80 dollars in in power. To go the same distance as it would have been in gas. The other nice part about it is self-driving is a beautiful thing. Oh, it has the self-driving feature? His had like the highway self-driving, so you had to touch the steering wheel every 30 seconds. And like literally all you got to do is like that. And it knows that you're still awake in there. Because if it, it doesn't want you to fall asleep. Um, we went through the Appalachian Mountains. Self-driving killed it. It definitely still has a major problem when it comes to construction zones. It does see like the... Um, like construction cones and it knows to move out of the way but it'll move out of the way and like keep doing like these little dips in between it doesn't realize to just what shift if there's over. a car what if there are cones on your left and a car on your right it'll sense everything <laughs> so it just keeps you straight it just keeps you straight yeah okay. yeah dude we did 90 miles an hour in auto in self-drive handled fine insane and on top of that if it, it senses when it's coming up to a hard turn it has uh, regenerative braking so you let off the gas and all of a sudden a turbine i guess whatever kicks in and it starts pa- charging itself so if it's cu- and it slows down pretty quick it's weird you have to be pressing the gas the whole time like you can't just let off like you would in a gas car and it just keeps coasting the immediate you immediately let off and it starts to charge your battery even if you turn that off it still slows down quite quickly um which is weird and then um but if you're coming up to a sharp turn and you're doing and you're going too fast and it's in self-driving, it knows to slow down to get through the turn. It's we it's so impressive. So so you had a good long trip. You were able to work remotely, which is something a goal that you had to do. Sure. You uh, let's see. You have the new course coming up. Yeah. Which is gonna be launched in another couple of weeks. You said it's gonna be launched by the end of the day. Okay. End of today. So by the time people hear it, it'll be out. Nice. Now, what is is this an in-person course? Is this a virtual course? It is a virtual course. Um, there will be live training sessions and coaching sessions um, throughout the throughout the course. Um, so this course is still in its very infancy stages, right? So uh, if we if we look at the course as a child, right, it, the child is was I, all I'm seeing is a wrecking ball. I'm seeing a, just a kid tied to a wrecking ball. Yeah, after that, child, image, after after what you said. Uh, but the, but this kid is gonna allow me to travel, uh, hopefully. So right now, like the website is still in the very elementary stages, which is fine. I totally know that that's gonna happen. I don't expect to build out the website to this gigantic masterpiece right off the bat it's just impossible right i need to make sure that it's going to generate revenue before i dump all this time energy and effort into it i've already dumped hundreds of hours into this course so now that the course is ready over the next coming weeks i'll begin to work on this you know i've already built the second module out now i just have to record it all which is which is what i'm going to do tonight hence why i'm wearing a nice shirt um otherwise i would dress like you saw me the other day in a white t-shirt shorts and flip-flops am i overdressed for your podcast very it's okay though you're lucky you didn't come in with a tie because John would have yelled at you. Good. No ties allowed. I don't uh, wear ties. And then um, 
And that's pretty much it, right? So then the course will uh, hopefully will be self-sufficient in the next 48 hours where people will be signing up for it. Uh, I already have a good handful of people that have already agreed to purchase it um, before it's like officially in its uh, adolescent stage, right? The adolescent stage I consider after module two, which will be start or module three. Uh, which is going to be released in the beginning of November. And then after that, now it's a real course. Everything that you get going forward is going to be like really, really, really high-end content. This is more like laying the the bricks for what we're going to get into. You can't learn to speak English without learning your ABCs. Too much? No. Too it's, little? It's, Weird? It's, it's a funny analogy. I know. I'm, I'm strange. I um about like um, two or three months before my bar mitzvah, uh-huh. The uh, the cantor or the rabbi, one of them said to me, they're like, all right, read this. And I'm like, I don't know how to read Hebrew. They're like, you've been in Hebrew school for five years. I'm like, I don't know how to read Hebrew. I just go off memory of what I hear the songs and the sounds oh are and the prayers. He goes, so you're telling me that everything you know, like when you're pointing at the words, you're not really reading the words. I'm like, no, I'm going off of memory of the sounds. And it's like listening to a song. I just memorize the lyrics. Sure. The guy, I'll never forget his, his reaction. He was mad. He was like, we need to work every single day for you to learn this. When it came time for my bar mitzvah, uh-huh. nobody, when you're giving, when you're doing your bar mitzvah, nobody, and, and I hope I, no, hope someone listens to this to, 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 to take value out of it. Sure. Nobody in that audience or congregation is going to know what the hell you're saying. They're just there to support you. Sure. So when you mess up, dude, I literally missed like four paragraphs of part of my bar no. mitzvah. Nobody knew. And if anything, everybody was a lot happier because they had to sit through four less verses of Hebrew that they didn't understand, sure. but they were there to support me. Yeah. I so, went to a bar mitzvah. No idea what happened. But I remember the rabbi came up to me afterwards and he goes, you, you missed a, a lot of your, you do it on purpose. I'm like, I didn't do it on purpose. He's like, I'm glad I only do this once. <laughs> God bless. Literally, uh, pun intended. Yeah. So, but uh, where were we? Go- we were saying something beforehand. Uh, the course, adolescent stages, bar mitzvah, not knowing English. Yeah, oh, the ABCs. ABCs, yeah. Yeah, that was it. I, so, didn't, I didn't know the ABCs of Hebrew beforehand. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like where it's at now. Um, I'm pretty, I'm very happy with it. The the quality, I think, is absolutely there. So, um, w- one of the hiccups you're going to have in this model, and I think the reason why you created this is because you found that people either don't want to pay to have it done professionally for them, mm-hmm. which is a mistake. I'm a sure. very big believer in delegation. Sure. I think that well, I know what I'm good at. Sure. I'm sure there are things I don't know that I'm good at that I'm good at, but I don't know. Sure. But I know what I'm bad at. Sure. And I know when I need to ask for help. And, you know, like we had that conversation earlier. It's like, when do you ask for help? You ask for help when you want to be successful at something and you don't have the time or money to waste to get there. Sure. And that's when you ask for help. So... This course is going to be for people that want to take their social media into their own hands. Yep. They want to understand it better. They don't just want to say, oh, fear of missing out. If I don't have it, you know, FOMO, I, I need it. What do I do? Now, what happens to the people that take the course that are successful in taking the course but not successful in implementing the, the, what you teach them? Is that Now is the other option to hire Baron Media Group to do the work for them? Or is it that you want them to become sufficient enough to be able to do it themselves? So ultimately, I think it's going to be a combination of both. I think that there's, you know, there's there's always people that are going to be able to self-teach or learn from somebody else and be able to go in and implement it right away and and never struggle with it again. I think there's also going to be a, a portion of people that are going to realize, hey, this is way more than I thought it was, and if they need to come in and hire me to do, um, 
you know, that run their social media and stuff like that. Well, that was the cheapest mistake they've ever made, ever. Yeah. Because, you know, if they spent all this time, energy, and effort going through it and realizing how much there actually is to do in social media, they're going to have they're never going to give me a hard time about the content I produce because they know exactly what they're going to get. They know exactly the process that I use, how I use it, and all that kind of stuff to go through it. That it's, you know, it removes the questions of saying, you know, am I going to get value out of this? Is this what I really need? You know, is this something I want? No, you've already gone through the whole course. You know, whether or not you choose to do anything with it, it's kind of like a college degree, right? You know, I went to school for computer programming. I really don't use my degree all that much as far as computer programming goes, but my, you know, my my knowledge of computers is is quite well is quite good. So I don't necessarily use it. But now I know. Hey, I'm definitely not going to be the best computer programmer when I need to bring someone in. I know exactly what I need, what to look for, and what I have to do to to get the job done. Nice. Which, in my opinion, opens a tremendous amount of value. So even if that person goes through the whole course and says, "Whoa, there's no way I could do this." You now have figured out this is not something for you, and you don't have to sleep. You know, you don't have to lose sleep at night saying, "Oh my God, uh, Brian's doing more on social media than me." You know, why can't I do social media? Well, well you know why. Now. Yeah, you you now know why, right? You've spent X amount of dollars. You figured out why, and now you don't have to say, you know, maybe you now now you need to say, "Hey, I really do need to bring somebody in on this." How much is the uh, the course? Uh, I'm offering a special. Uh, also, not <laughs> sorry for the shameless plugs, everyone. Uh, but the special is going to be thirty dollars per month for the course forever, if you buy the course before the end of October. October thirty first is the last day. Anything after that, it goes back to full price, which is sixty bucks a month. And how often can you watch the videos? As often as you want. And it just gives you access to the videos. Twenty four seven. Teaches you how to do everything. Everything. That's really nice. Walks you right through it. Um. I actually learned it from another YouTuber of like the whole course idea because a lot of YouTubers, this is actually where they make a lot of their money because a lot of YouTubers produce a lot of this good content. And the only way you're going to learn every single thing is if you watch all their videos, right? So if you watch every single video I've ever made on YouTube and then you continue to watch every single video I've ever made on YouTube, chances are pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You're not going to need my course. That's just the nature of the beast, right? So anybody listening to this, if you want to take the cheap route and you want to just watch all the content that, I've, that I'll ever make forever, you'll probably never need my course. The course is designed to accelerate your learning. Going through it, this is why YouTubers create courses, right? You know, you don't have the time to siphon through and say, you know, your client lives here. The best ways to find groups. The course just digests it and organizes it just so you can get through it faster. That's really it. Totally transparent. Well, I'm excited to uh, take your course. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Funny story about courses now. So, do you know who Grant Cardone is? Yes. Do you know who Jordan Belfort is? Yes. Did you watch the interview? No. Oh, the movie, The Interview? No. There was an yes, interview. Yes, I watched the interview. The interview was a great movie. So, Jordan Belfort interviews Grant Cardone. Oh, talk about getting caught with your pants down. Bad. Uh, Grant Cardone basically announces to the entire world that you're an idiot if you're a company that buys his sales trading for $90,000 a a year because you could have bought the $100 per person package per month or whatever it is and gotten the exact same training. Yeah. Let that sink in. I look forward to watching this video. You will send me the link? I will send you. I'll I'll post it in there because it was like... 
you could see and and actually there was a really good breakdown from another YouTuber on the whole thing and it, you could see that like uh Jordan Belfort kind of try to gives him like give him the out and say like oh but it's kind of different right and he's like he basically says no but the goal is to ma- you make them you make more money and the corporations buying it so he has uh I believe he has his name on multiple buildings yeah Cardone so he's winning I don't think Cardone really has any uh, his name on buildings. He's a real estate mogul. Yeah, but he doesn't put his name on buildings. Maybe it's on the lease, on the documents. Yeah, on the documents, but nobody sees that. I think that uh, you know all these different coaches or you know um, influencers and figures, they all have a different brand, a different style. You know, you know what? For him, that might have been his strategy. His strategy might have been, hey, don't buy it. Pay a hundred dollars a month and do it because you know maybe he's going to convert more business doing that than converting the ninety thousand dollar ones. It makes a guy like me interested in buying his product just because it's a hundred bucks now, which yeah. is definitely a tactic. There's so maybe no maybe that's it. what his goal was. I know it sounds terrible, but well, maybe- you could definitely the way this guy the YouTuber breaks it down. I see it. You could see the demeanor and everything like that change in Grant Cardone. The guy does a really good job at breaking down the interview. It What's was, the guy's name again? Jordan. Jordan Belfort. Did, did he do Molly Bloom too? Molly's game. That's the um, my buddy Andy just sent me that link. It was a good one. It was fifty-two minutes long. Um, Molly Bloom. She's the one that was having the um, poker tournaments, hundred million, like millions of dollar hands every single every week, and she got caught. And then the only thing she had left in her name was her integrity, so she didn't rat out the people that played in her tournaments. I do not know. But Jordan Belfort is the guy from Wolf Wall Street. Yes. Okay. That's the main so character. So no, this wasn't the guy that okay. did the interview. But Jordan Belfort went to jail and all that kind of stuff. Jordan Belfort's only part of his actual of his movie, because Leonardo DiCaprio plays Jordan Belfort, is sell me this pen right at the end of the movie. That's the only time you actually see the real Jordan Belfort in the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Is that when he does like a corny line like, hey, write this down? You don't have a pen. No, it's all the, it's the last no, I know. scene of the movie. What, oh. Can you can you repeat some of it to me? Oh, uh, yes. Describe it, it to me. At the end, he's standing on stage. There's everybody in the crowd, and it was after like he went to jail and all that kind of stuff. And then it comes back, and he goes, um, he goes, sell me this pen, and like two or three people look at it, and they can't they can't figure it out. But it refers back to the moment when in the movie when Leonardo DiCaprio looks at the salespeople and goes, sell me this pen. To his buddy, and he goes, and they're sitting in the diner, and he goes, he goes, uh, you know, write this down for me. He goes, all right, give me that. And he goes, oh no, you don't have a pen. Yeah, it's the- ex- ex- yeah, but that was at the last scene of the movie is when you actually see jo- the real Jordan Belfort. Nice. Um, How long have we been recording for right now? We have been recording for one hour and fifty six seconds. Wow, I figured I felt uh, I felt like a breeze, like oh, we hit the one hour mark. One hour, yeah. One hour is a big one. Forty five minutes is a big one. 20 minutes, I've realized, this is a big one for me. Uh, I can figure out when it, we're about 20 minutes in. And then after an hour and 15 is when shit gets crazy. Because after an hour and 15, it could feel like we sat here for another three minutes, and it could be another 45 minutes. Yeah. It's very it's very strange after an I'm hour glad and I, I'm glad I brought awareness to this. Oh, it'll, it doesn't matter at all. I've looked at it in an hour, and then an hour and 15, and gone. Time is gone. Erased from the universe. Um, so yeah, that's the course. That's Jordan Belfort. What else you got for me? Where do you see connections for hire going in ten years? Let's 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 ask some deep questions here. So I see connections for hire actually becoming a model in 
most large cities. Okay. I see it being collecting the best hundred connectors and business professionals that are genuine about connecting people. I see them all coming together underneath my model where companies that need help with their marketing, their branding, their business development can reach out to connections for hire mm-hmm. and actually be able to provide valuable connections to help that business account accomplish whatever goals or you know um, obstacles they have in front of them do you think you'd go with like a franchising fee where you they get to use the name of the company or do you think you would have to go hand select those people i think i'd have to hand select those people okay you know a lot of what i do you know a, a tagline that i've been using for a long time is my reputation is my net worth sure um the tagline i have for connections for hire is our reputations our net worth you know, in the past couple months since I've been building the business and doing everything, I've had a lot of people show interest in wanting to hire me, hire my services, you know, utilize what I can do. And, you know, I, I actually, I, I haven't, I've been turning away more business than I've been taking on, not because I don't want the money, not because I don't want to build the business, but this business needs to be built on the right foundation. Sure. You know, my integrity, the second that I do something sketchy or the second that I do something, you know, it's gone against my brand. You know, I, I need some reputation management. Sure, to you got to also do a lot of digging on your clients. You know, who's got a good reputation, stuff like that. Well, I've been I've been very selective with who I take on as my clients. You sure. Know, one of my first clients, for example, you know, he he did work in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, I had his team in there with my wife and my daughter. I felt comfortable enough to give him the code to my house. You know, and I said I, I said to myself when you know I was telling him about you know my business model. I said I'm like, listen, I'm like you're an ideal client for me. And I wasn't saying that to sell him. I was saying that to to educate him on how selective I am. I said, not only were you and your crew in my house, Mm. you and your crew were in my house when my family was not home. Mm -hmm. You and your crew came to my house and I had you do additional work afterwards, not because the work wasn't complete. I wanted you back in my house because I need more stuff done. And I told him, I I said, people need to know about you. People need to know about how the integrity of your service. Are you allowed to, would you announce their name? I'm not going to announce their name right now. Okay. Um, I have another, but another client, same exact situation. You know, they're a small business. He doesn't have 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to hire a sales team and a business development team. He really wants to grow his business. He genuinely wants to show people how good he is at what he does. He's not a networker. He, he doesn't mind being social with people, but he's not going out to an event for yeah. an hour two hours. He's not going out for the three hour coffee, you know, sessions throughout the week. I mean, three different sessions, one hour each for coffee. Sure. You know, he doesn't have the time and the wherewithal to do that. So he hired connections for hire to make connections for him. And the people I'm connecting him with, I qualify them before I introduce them. I let them know. I say, hey, listen, this is what my client does. Do you believe that you could help my client? Will you refer business to my client? Is this a relationship that you'll invest in building if I facilitate and foster it with you? Don't do me any favors. Do not just take the meeting to take a meeting because I'm not looking to waste my time, my client's time, or your time. Sure. I'm really looking to help my client grow and expand their business because they have a great service and more people need to know about them. And you know that those are the type of clients that I really want to work with. They have good integrity. They have a good reputation. They got a great service that they're providing. Mm-hmm. You know that that comes back to it as well. You know if you ask me, you know who's a good client for you? You know anybody can say you know I don't want to work with an asshole. You know I I don't want to work with you know someone with an ego. I, I want to work with someone that appreciates my services. It, everyone says the same thing for that. You know, if you ask me what industries I want to find, you know, I, I really want to find businesses in the service industry. If, so, if, if a business is providing a service and they do sure. an exceptional job. Yeah, you can't it, represent a product. It's, you know, a product 
you know. You know what? I'm, I'm sure it's going to come down to a point where I am going to be representing a product. Sure. You know, I, I, you know. They have that. It's called a manufacturer's rep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know that. Or a brand ambassador. Sure. You, you know, know Adam Messina? Of, uh, yes, I do. Why? Okay. I was say he might be a good referral for you. Introduce me to him. I'd love to meet him. Sure. And if no business comes out of it, you know, that's the, that's the one thing I will say. If you do, if you have good integrity, if you genuinely are passionate about what you do and you're not just doing it to make a dollar, mm-hmm. if you, I will do business with you. I don't care what industry you're in. If you are a good person, if you are professional, you provide a real quality service and you're looking to grow your business, that's something that's important, Harrison. I've been talking to a lot of business owners that aren't looking to grow their business. It's amazing. They're looking Why? They're looking to just maintain. That's like death. I met I met with someone recently. Inevitable death. Where they said their the business was um a style. It was a lifestyle business, meaning they were just doing the business to support their lifestyle. They had no no necessary goal, goals or ad, 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 uh, admiration to to get to the next level. They really just wanted to to just coast where they were. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. I, well, I said to them, I said, listen, I said, I'm not, you know, I told them I wasn't the right fit for them. I said, sure. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to work with companies that are out there for the bigger picture. Sure. You know, I want a company that wants to grow. A company that wants to grow like this is, is not the right fit for me. Cause I, I honestly, I can't, I can't guarantee or do anything with that, but a company that wants to grow slow and steady and that's looking to build up their pipeline, their referral partners, looking to build their reputation. If a company can invest six, six months to a year. Sure. To, to work on building that, I am a thousand percent the right guy for your for that job. Sure. And if I'm not the right guy, I will tell you up front before before I even take a penny from you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when I meet with a potential client, I'm I'm getting to know what their goals are. I'm getting to know what their listen, I care about your reputation good and bad. Sure. You know, if you've got a bad reputation, you know, that's okay. We can we can work on it and fix it. It's gonna be a lot harder than it than than if you didn't have a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking. I'm looking to work with people that I would want to work with. Sure. Not just that I would want to work with, but if I, if I would refer them to a family member, if I would refer them to a friend, that's who I want to work with. Sure. You meet all these people at networking events, or you, you have these one to ones for coffee with people, and they say, "Hey, listen, you know, any business you refer to me, you know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a fine or so I'll give you a commission." And I've always said to them, like, like, this is our first time meeting. Yeah, you don't want to pitch that on the first time. Like you're, 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 f- you're meeting me right away, and you're, you're trying to, like, that just shows that you're desperate for business. Mm-hmm. It just shows that, hey, you know what? Yeah, if you refer me something, I'll give you a 10% kickback, which I hate that term kickback, but that's what they'll say, or finder's fee. I call it a success fee because if I'm successful for my clients, I want to be vested in their business. I'm not a partner in their business. I'm not an owner of their business, but they're hiring me outsourced to do the services that I specialize in. Mm-hmm. So you said before, how do I feel about businesses that don't want to grow? I, I, I'm indifferent on it because you know what? A business that has been around for 30 years, you know, I met an accountant the other day, really nice accountant. You know, he's had his business for 30 years. He's happy with the size it's at. You know, he's probably never going to retire, not because he doesn't want to retire, but just because, you know, he's, he, he is the business. Nice guy, professional. But he's happy with what he has. If he gets a referral once or twice a year or a month or whatever it is, you know, he's picking and choosing who he wants to work with. Sure. I think that's a very different point than where we're at in our careers. Also, everyone's ambition is very different. Of course. No, I just, I, I, I have a firm belief that if, if you're not... Growing, you're dying. Yeah. Innovate or die, essentially. I want, I like that term so much, I want to get it tattooed on my body. Because, think about it, right? If Apple just continuously sold iPhone 4s, right, they'd be dead. 
Samsung would have blown past them. You have to always be innovating. You have to always be looking for the next customer. Even if you don't want to grow your business, you still have to be looking somewhere because there's going to be a day when another accounting firm comes into your your customer and says, hey, what do you pay? Because I could either beat their price or I'm going to offer you 10x value for the same price. Or we might even be a little more expensive, but we're going to answer the phone every single time. So what do you want to do? And there's going to be a day that that comes around when you're going to lose that client because clients are cyclical. They might stay with me for six months. They might stay with me for a year. They might stay with me for five years. They might even stay with me for their whole life of their business. But there's going to be a day when there's a new CEO that takes over or something like that and they say, hey, we need to make a change. This is going, this is going, and this is going. And if that company or client is 20% or 30% or 50% or even 10% of your business, you just lost a chunk of your business. Yeah. So it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Which it shouldn't be. If you keep a constant pipeline full of stuff and stuff like that. Loyalty is completely different today, Harrison. Like we're young professionals. Like I've been in business for eight years. You know, I've been in the business world for eight years. Sure. You've been in the business world, I believe, for about five years now. Something like that, yeah. And you know, if you think about it, you know, like I'm I'm it's funny. Someone told me the other day, like, you have an old soul. And I'm like, I do have an old soul. But I'm also I have an innovative old soul. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know, I, I do agree, you know, like uh, one of the videos I'm going to post in the next couple of days, it's actually um, from a, a gentleman named, by the name of Hernan Cortez um, from 1519. He was a Spanish conquistador. And the story that he has is conquer or die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he landed with all of his ships. They, they got to land mm-hmm. and he actually, you know, they were going to battle. Mm-hmm. And the guy, you know, Cortez, he literally burned all of his ships. So you can't return. So you can't retreat. There's yeah. no turning back. I'm going to show you the video after the podcast. Oh, I love that theory. But they did that in New York. You know that, right? When New York became colonized by, I think, Stuyvesant. Don't I, I, I took a history class in college, and I learned, not because of the, the history class did teach me a very little bit, but I have to give a huge shout out to another podcast called The Bowery Boys. All they do is talk about New York City history. And I'm pretty sure they brought the boats in and they burned the boats or they sank the boats so they couldn't get back on them to retreat. They had to set up shop. I think it was the, I don't think, I think it was an invasion. They had to go in and it was all or nothing. So continue. Yeah. Did happen on the soil. Yeah. But you know, that, that's with connections for hire. Sure. You know, you talk about someone that starts a business up or a podcast for three months, six months, and then they quit. You know, there, there's no turning back. You know, I found at 32 years old, I'm so thankful to have found what my passion is and to make it into a business. Not being you know, like, it's funny, Harrison, like, you know, like I've, <laughs> most of my clients I have right now, like maybe this is a plug-in for my clients to want to work with me. I haven't cashed their checks and I haven't done the ACH withdrawals yet. Not because I don't want the money because I do want their money, but like, I've just been so passionate about running the business and doing what I'm doing that I haven't even thought about the money behind it. Like I know that that might sound cliche, and, you know, like maybe that'll put me out of business too. But like straight up, like I've just been so passionate about building this business and doing everything to the the best integrity that I can. Sure. That like I haven't even thought of that. That's crazy. Cash the checks. I know I need to. Cash the checks. It feels good. Trust me. Oh yeah. I suck at billing. It's my people are like. What are you really bad at in business? Billing. I hate billing. I hate sending invoices. I hate. I don't mind talking about money. I love talking about money. But I, I hate sending invoices. I hate going into QuickBooks and adjusting things. <laughs> QuickBooks is the epitome of suck. I People owe me so much money and I haven't sent invoices out for them just because I hate it. I would rather them buy me dinner for the equal value of what they owe me than me actually bill them through QuickBooks because I hate QuickBooks so much. 
And I don't think it's just QuickBooks. I just hate the whole invoicing. I have to change your bill here. I have to do this. I have to do this. And billing comes up in seven days or whatever, however many days left in this month. Seven days. <laughs> well, I uh, I definitely think that conquering or dying, growing the business is is a necessity because if you do lose those whale clients, you know, I've, I've unfortunately learned that when you lose the whales, you know, you got to fill the sea with some some other type of fish and they're not always the fish that you want, but you got to put it in there. Yep. Um, that is not my business model now. Sure. You know, my, my goal is to really build up, you know, clients that, res, you know, respect, appreciate what I'm doing, you know, as any other business would, would want that done. But my goal is to really get a suite of clients that can not just that I cannot just help, but I want them to help each other. I almost, you know, we're fraternity brothers. Sure. You, know, you think about your fraternity, you think about your fellowship. You want to work together to, to make a difference to help people. You know, I genuinely want to build a, you know, I want connections for hire to become such a resource that businesses grow to, and, and, and they just give all the credit and say, you know what, if it wasn't for connecting with XYZ, I couldn't have gotten this business. And now this is where you can give me the testimonial on Kevin that you talked about an hour and 12 minutes ago. Good timing, because it's literally almost exactly that amount of time. Um, God damn it, I'm out of water. So, um, Adam made an introduction to me for a young man named Kevin, who is also an fraternity. I'm closing my eyes to remember everything. Um, and Kevin wanted to just learn about marketing and everything that had to do with marketing. Uh, I've had my business now for a year and a half. Kevin came to me probably about three to four months ago, I would say. Um because of Adam. So Adam introduced us through a text message. Adam reached out to both Kevin and myself to make sure it was going to be a good fit. Uh, Kevin and I met, we hit it off. Um, Kevin works for a major company. I'm not going to announce what company it is and um, is looking to leave that company over in the next coming months. Um, and I said, look, you know, at that time I really didn't have the finances to pay Kevin. Um, but I said, look, if you want to sit here and learn and help me, I'd be willing to teach you. And you could take that knowledge and, and leave that, that industry and go into my industry. If it's not me, it's somebody else, but at least you have some kind of backbone of learning. So, uh, Kevin's been with me now for whatever, since the last three or four months, he has been a rock star. He comes in, uh, when he says he's going to come in, um, he is, uh, unbelievably smart he's extremely driven um and he is my favorite personality type where they can fso figure shit out um because there are too many people that i've met with that it could be a lack of me communicating but also i like people that i could just pass them the football and they're going to take it and run with it and that's ideally who i'm looking for <laughs> as employees right i don't want uh, those they're very hard to find. They are diamonds in the rough, and Kevin is one of them. And I could say, "Hey, Kevin, here's here's the football. This is where it's got to go. Get it there." And he's gotten it done time and time again. So what's really cool about that connection, and I'm glad that you mentioned this, that I called Bolt. I, I already knew what Kevin was looking for, but I called you. You know, and I, I say this on my website. I don't just make connections or introductions just to introduce people. Like we have enough friends. Sure. There was a synergy there. He was hungry. He wanted to learn. You wanted to grow your business. You were looking for someone like him. You know, FSO is my first time hearing that. Figure shit out. I like that a lot. Oh, I love it. And you know what? I could have connected you to 10 people. Sure. But if those 10 people weren't going to help you or add value to you, I'm sure. just wasting your time. The whole point of Connections for Hire is to help people cut that time that they're wasting the one hour coffee meetings that they have to go to three times a week 
the networking group that they don't want to go to because they don't have social skills or they just don't want to talk to people at 7 a.m. or they're sitting next to the same person every single week that they sure. just no business is coming out of. How long am I going to show up here for breakfast before I get a deal? And am I going to just keep coming back for that one deal and then I'm out of here? So much time is wasted, Harrison, and, so and it's so disgusting that Connections for Hire is literally my pre-qualified, vetted relationships. I know the expectations on both ends. I know what they're looking for, and I can put it together. It's a two-way street. Sure. The people that are offering you a commission or a 10% finder's fee or whatever it is, that's a one-way street. They're just looking for you to give them business. And you know what? Maybe if you give them business, they'll give the business back to you. But you got to be really careful with who you're giving business to sure. because it's your reputation on the line. Sure. I think a lot of a lot of business too is 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 people do business with people they like, right? So you know it doesn't. You could literally sell the greatest things in sliced bread, um, but you have to be able to sell it, right? If if you could talk about it all day, but if people don't like you or you come off uh, in a non sincere way or things like that, you're immediately going to lose all your credibility. You can, like I said, you could literally have the greatest thing ever. It could be the best computer. It could be the best computer code. It could be the best table. Whatever it may be. It could be the best water bottle, right? Yeti. Yeah, Yeti, obviously. <laughs> Overpriced. And now then all their products are made in China, although I still like them. Um, they have to like you or they're never going to buy from you. That is the most important thing, right? So the fact that people are asking, you know, for that kickback. And, and you know, I tell people all the time, like, look, if, if you want to make, you know, I tell people if you want to make extra money, we'll have that conversation. But if you don't want to make extra money, then, then it's fine. You know, I'm not... You know, this is what I do. Feel free to let me know. But if people are like, hey, you know, is there any way I can make some extra money? Yeah, here. I'll teach you everything you want to know about sales. Fine. Here you go. Done. Um, you know, and this is my products and this is all that. And if you want to push it, great. You can push it. That's at your own leisure. But other than that, I hate those kickback deals unless it's written I mean, down. I'm going to share paper. a quote with you. Sure. You can keep talking if you'd like. But let me that's just pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much it as far as that kind of stuff goes. But, you know, it, it's it's so often – that people think that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, or they have the greatest thing since sliced bread, which they very well may do, may have. But you have to get people to like you, and I think that's a skill that is both learned and on-the-job experience. Because not everybody's gonna like you, which you have to accept. You know, not everybody's gonna like your product, which you also have to accept. Not everybody's gonna adapt your product, which you have to accept. Um, but if people like who you are which I stress the most, especially to the younger generation, because um, there's guys like us, for example, who are still building our networks, where people, it doesn't matter what you do. Our companies aside, there's other people that are our age, between, I would say, 22 and 35, where if they build their network, they treat everybody right, they put out the right content online. It doesn't need to be sales content. It just might be you know positive messages and stuff like that. It, it, that's what I love about, you know, sorry for the shameless plug, but that's what I love about my course, right? My course is great for anybody because the moment you learn how to put the right content out and build your network, you can do whatever you want. You can go get, you know, you don't like your job, you could literally click your heels, you could put one message out and have a job offer if you put the right stuff online. You know, if you nurture those right connections because people buy or a business owner buys the person. Very, They do buy the skills that come with it, but... Chances are pretty good there's somebody out there that has the exact same skills that you do or even if not better. But if you fit well with the team, if you mesh well with the team, you have a good personality and all that kind of stuff, they're going to hire you first. That was a very long-winded thing. Oh, no, it's okay though. 
Um, here, I, ha I have it here. Here we go. The Jeopardy music would be good right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to say correctly, but I have a... Uh, that's the thing with Androids and uh, iPhones. Why? What happened? When someone sends you a text that's really long, it's like broken up in like higher oh, text. That's why I don't have an Android, honestly. iMessage is the reason why I have an iPhone. Otherwise, I think Androids are better phones. You can't find it. Or it's too long and you're trying to read it and make sure it makes sense. No, well, the the you know Greg Pajak, you know my my co-chair for hype, and you sure. know he's been a very active role model in my life. You know he said, you know he he texted me this quote, and it's from a gentleman named Dennis Mosley Williams. When you deserve referrals, you'll get referrals. Mm -hmm. And you know Greg said, you know I agree with this Dennis guy, and would like to recommend that you pay attention to him. There's been so much said about referrals and the reasons you don't get them, and most of the reasons have to do with the techniques, ensuring that your customers know who you work with, who you are, or what your process is, you need to, you know, I, I want to give the quote verbatim, but I, I don't know it, so I don't want to say that say That's it incorrectly. Okay. But, you know, Put it in your bio when you send me your bio okay. for this, because then people can look at it. So if you've listened this far, look at the bio of the episode, because then you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, Harrison, I would actually like you, so you're, you're five years younger than me. Sure. You know, we're, we're different, we're different, but similar stages of our lives. Sure. I would love to ask what advice you'd give me. Oh, we went over this the other day. Um, uh, give me different advice then. Give me advice that you think is pertained to me, connections for hire, my brand, everything that I'm doing because you know very well what I'm doing. Um, let's see. This is – anybody who's listening, take all of this with a grain of salt. Um, not in like a bad way, but everybody's – Put where I try to speak to both the uh, person that I'm podcasting with and also the people that are listening. I try to be very courteous to both. Um, being a business owner blows a lot because that is like the most wild roller coaster ever. Um, but it's also the most, it's the best thing in the world. Um, it's interesting because I hang out with a lot of different people, right? Um, I think everybody on here knows now that, that I'm a firefighter. Um, I was an EMT. Uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. I have some pretty good accolades. And because of all of these accolades, I hang out with a very diverse group of people, right? So I have my friend group at the firehouse. I have my friend group that I grew up with. I have my Boy Scout friends and all that kind of stuff. And, and each group gets treated differently because that's just how that group is, right? You know, the Eagle Scouts, you, you know, and the fraternity, you know, the fraternity is is a very diverse group of people you have you know the kid that i went down to uh the, the brother i went down to texas with uh was also an eagle scout so there's there's that like additional level of trust right you know hey if the car breaks down can we sleep on the side of the road are you okay with sleeping on the side of the road like what like where are you at and you're like safety and stuff like that like you know god forbid stuff goes sideways are you ready for that when you're a business owner and even in life, I guess this is going to be life advice too, is um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. I think that taking every opportunity is dumb, but it's the best thing you can do because there's going to be times where you're like, this sucks, or I didn't get paid for this, or my client fired me. And you just have to realize that 
and this this goes well in friendships too but like you're gonna lose friends over time like there's no doubt about it and if you keep the same set of friends that you've always had they're either your best friends or you they just know too much that you have you can't let them go um <laughs> but taking all those opportunities i love things that suck a lot i really do anything that sucks i want to do it because those are the things that make you grow that's um, what she said yeah oh god we we're doing so good um but really things that just that really suck a lot of shit are like the best things because they make you a better person losing my first client i cried like a little bitch for hours because i'm like oh my god somebody fired me and then i realized that i'm not dead i'm i don't have cancer i'm not in the hospital like life is pretty goddamn good i lost the client okay so i lost a couple hundred bucks a month whoopty fucking doodle do like get over it you know that's the worst part about business losing clients you know you screw up this that and the other thing but the best part about business is like and, and it probably is, is even more applicable to you and i and i i encourage everybody to treat their life like a business because that's essentially what it is you're you have money coming in you have money sure. going out you I, have I, relationships I, I say i got this from my, my mentor treat everybody like a client yep um you know those are all you know even people your backers right your parents you have to treat them like you know, yeah, they're your parents, but like they're a part of your life. They're a part of your business. You you yourself are your business. But the best things about business, right? I didn't have to ask for off to go to Texas. Like I just left. I proved I know what I wanted and I built what I wanted, right? I wanted a business that I could work remotely anywhere in the world for. You know, I wanted a business that I can answer a phone call at any hour of the day. I wanted a business that gave me extreme flexibility in my life. That's what I built. Um, so being able to just leave, drop everything and just go is what I want. And and what I want is different than what other people want. So, you know, take every opportunity. Take, every, you know, every – what's that stupid basketball quote? Uh, you miss 100%, 100% of the shots. It's actually a Wayne Gretzky quote. Oh, all right. A Wayne Gretzky quote. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Like, take every opportunity. Fuck up a lot of them. You know, can, it, I, can, I, can I correct what you're saying right yeah. now? I think learning from every opportunity, not necessarily taking it, but before you take it or accept it, I think analyzing it and being aware of it, and that's good advice sure. that you're giving me right now. I, you can't, you know, it, even you, man, like, you know, even, even if we want business tomorrow, you're not going to take an opportunity that you don't see success for. You're not going to see opportunity that you don't. Take it with a grain of salt. Got it. Understanding it now. I like so, your, I like your so, feedback. So there's, there's, there's always going to be things that you realize like, hey, I shouldn't take that. But there's definitely things that are like they're going to stretch you really thin, like really thin. Like you're, you know, it's like eighty percent of your money comes from twenty percent of your clients, and 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 eighty percent of your stress comes from from whatever the other percentage is. But like, because I don't know if it's the twenty percent, I forget what the, what that rule is exactly. But like, you're going to go through a lot of shit, and both this is both personal and business where. You have to go through that bad relationship. You have to get your heart broken. You have to have a client fire you. You have to be late on your bills. You have to do this because those are all things, you know, and somebody that's like, you don't have to be late on your bills. Oh, okay. Well, you're not going to know what it's like and you're, you don't want it to hit you when you're 45 with two kids and a wife and a mortgage when you're like, oh shit, I don't have any money for bills. Get that shit over with when you're 25 fucking years old. All right, kid? Um you know, go through all those really shitty opportunities to know and appreciate what success is. Because I look at success, people are like, dude, you work like an animal. But I just left and went to 
to Texas. I did an 11 day road trip earlier this year. I'm going to go to Hawaii next year for 10 days. Let me know when you go. I will. Um, I got connections there. All right. Sounds good. Um, like I'm going to, I want to do that 50 week road trip. Like that's gonna, that's my now, that's my, my, in my course terms, long-term goal, right? That I want that to happen in the next two to five years. Sounds crazy, but that's what I'm building. That's what I'm working towards. And every day when I'm on that road trip, I'm going to think back at the 80 hour plus weeks that I've worked nonstop to get there. So the advice out of this to bring it all back is enjoy the shitty stuff. Enjoy the good stuff because the shitty stuff makes for the best memories and you learn from it. And you don't understand how good things are until you've gone through the shit because you could have the best client in the world, but you might think that they're a shitty client because you haven't dealt with a really shitty client. That goes the same thing in life where you have to have a shitty relationship or you have to have something shitty happen to you to understand how good your life really is. I appreciate it. So appreciation and gratitude are the most powerful things in this fa- on the face of this earth because anything can happen all the time, right? I tell my girlfriend every day, you know, I love you. And she's like, what? You say it so much. I'm like, because I could get in the car and a drunk driver could kill me the moment I leave this driveway. So why wouldn't I take the opportunity? And she's like, whoa, that's, you know, don't think like that. I'm like, it's, I'm not thinking like that. That's just the, the realistic correct, the, opportunity. The correct response there should have been, I love you too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but I, that's the way I look that's at it. Good, that's really good advice and that's good feedback. I appreciate you that's sharing that with me. That's the best advice I can give everybody. That's good advice. That's good advice. You can give that advice to anybody. Anybody. It's applicable to business and non-business. It I'll probably actually like, put that in the prelude of this this episode. If you're not going to listen to this episode, listen to the last five minutes. Yeah. But yeah, that's the best advice I could ever give anybody. Is it okay if I share something similar? Yeah. So you, the, the whole time that you've known me, you know, I always had my beard, my facial hair, my mustache. Sure, that's all gone. And I just shared, yeah, I shared on social media, you know, why I shaved it off. And, you know, I got to a point where, you know, like, there's a very famous uh, picture. I, I don't know the name of the artist, but there's a famous picture of a clown mm-hmm. that just looks like he had a really bad day. You know, his clothes are ripped. You know, he doesn't have a smile on his face. His, you know, his, his, his hat's kind of, you know, ruggedy looking. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that image, that picture, is to show that on the outside you know, looking in, uh, you see a clown as the happy. Sure. You know, making other people smile, doing everything to 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 make make a difference in that that way. Mm-hmm. No one looks at it from the inside, looking out, where the clown is just putting on a smile on other people's faces because his his face doesn't have a smile on it. Sure. So why not put one on other people's faces? Kind of like you know, the Joker said that. You know, why so serious? Sure. So the reason I shaved my beard off was because I, I wasn't happy, you know, not that I wasn't happy in my personal life, my work life, anything like that. I just, I, I felt that there was something missing that I wasn't adding it to my life. You know, my, my dad always gave me the advice. If it doesn't complement your life, it complicates your life. Mm-hmm. And I shaved my beard off because I wasn't happy. And I wanted to look at myself in the mirror every single day. And I wanted to remind myself that I wasn't happy and I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a lot happier now. And people don't know that about me because everyone looks at me as that clown. They look sure. at me as, you know, this guy's always happy. He's got great energy, his vibes. But, you know, I, I, I honestly, I was losing a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really enjoying, you know, the day-to-day that I was doing. And I got to the point where I needed to make a change. And, you know, I was aware of it, and it was a leap. And it was sure. a very dangerous, you know, scary leap, like any leap that anybody would take, like you took when you did sure. your business. But my advice is, 
if you have trouble looking at yourself in the mirror every day, mm-hmm. and if you can stare at yourself in the mirror for 10 seconds and say that I'm happy and everything's good, then everything's good and you're happy. But the last person you should ever lie to is yourself. And looking into a mirror, you'll know. So if that last five minutes of what people watch of this podcast is, that would be my, my tidbit as well. Is If you can't look at yourself in the mirror for 10 seconds without a tear coming, Sure. Without looking at yourself and saying, you know, like I'm really, I'm really not happy. If you can't look at yourself and say I'm happy, you yeah. gotta, you gotta make a change. You gotta figure out what that. Change oh is yeah, hundred percent. I, uh, I'll, I'll throw this in as, as not a, a long-winded answer, but I tell people all the time, do shit that makes you happy. <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but like literally, nobody does it. Like nobody takes time out to do shit that they actually like to do. Like everybody thinks like they have to go do things. Like they have to go put that best picture on Instagram. They have to go, you know, make make sure like do it if it makes you happy. Yeah, just do whatever makes you happy, man. Like I don't like when I came to your office. I wasn't wearing shoes. I don't like fucking wearing shoes. I hate it. For the record, you wore sandals, which is okay. Better than not wearing anything. Oh yeah, yeah. I wear flip flops. Flip flops or life, but um, flip flops and shorts. Yeah, that's it, dude. The Harrison Barron lifestyle. If I'm if I have pants on and a long sleeve shirt on and shoes, you're really fucking important because I hate that shit. And that's I pretty much only do that at networking events and weddings. So, so tomorrow night at the event we're going to, you're gonna be in. You're gonna be looking a little more snazzy than yes, usual. Yes, you told me to, and I please will, do because Thank I you. I'm representing you, and and, <laughs> I, and I love you. But yeah, do shit that makes you happy. That's the other best advice I can give you. Brother, that was an that was an hour and thirty five minutes. Yeah, we killed it. That was really good. That was really deep at the end. I think there was only like ten minutes of good content in there, aside from schmoozing. But if that was who good, cares? This is okay. dude. It's fun. This you, is what I like. You'll to have do. to have me on again. You're coming on again. No, it's not. I have to have you. No, you're coming on again. Good. When I don't know, but you're coming on again. All right. Uh, let me. I wonder. Can I turn this thing off from my phone? Did it lose signal? Yeah, it lost signal. All right, guys. I'll see you all later. Love you guys. Oh, wait. How do people find out about you? Uh, they go to connectionsforhire.com, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N-S, the number four, H-I-R-E.com. Or if you don't remember to write in the number four, you just spell out the word for it, F-O-R. That's how you do it. <laughs> go find them. Thank you very much, Harrison. See you guys. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. If you have made it this far, please smash that subscribe button. I don't care what platform you're on. Hit that like button. I don't care what platform you're on. Tell somebody about it. Give it a review. Anything like that is mucho appreciated. Uh, that helps the podcast grow. Uh, and you guys have been doing this. I, I literally see my numbers climbing uh, time and time again. So um, tremendously thankful for you guys. And I said when I first started this thing that there's not going to be an end to it. And that is uh, still the ultimate goal of the show is is to this is just going to keep going and going and going uh, forever because I love I love doing this and I love being here with you guys. So thank you guys. I appreciate you all for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I hope you guys found this episode interesting or more interesting, especially the people that are in the business world, because this is a very unique and interesting concept that Adam has adopted. And uh, I think that it's going to benefit you guys just by, you know, knowing about it. But other than that, thanks, guys. I hope everybody, if you're listening to this on the Friday when it comes out, I hope you guys have a great weekend. It's getting cold in New York, so I'm probably going to start bitching about the cold in the next coming episodes uh, because it sucks. And I was in Texas two weeks ago and it was 103 degrees. And uh, yeah, love you guys, and I'll see you all later. Bye.